0: Hello and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own season, we bring to you Career Talk with OG.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Career Talk with OG. We took a couple of weeks off, um, but we had to, there was a reason here, folks. Okay, because today, today we have the amazing Freddie Mercury. I ran into this guy in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's not Freddie Mercury, but it is Roy Gomez Cruz roy just a quick background on uh on roy he is um the reason why i say freddie mercury you're gonna see here he's a singer multidisciplinary artist and academic professor from Mexico. He holds a master's degree in communications. He is currently a PhD candidate in performance studies at Northwestern University, where he develops a research project centered on the contemporary circus movement in North America. And Roy and I, Just happened to run into each other in Puerto Vallarta and um, had a chance to see one of his performances where he does a beautiful, tremendous job of paying tribute to the legendary British singer Freddie Mercury. Roy, bienvenidos. Uh, Welcome to Career Talk with OG, amigo.
2: Thank you so much, Oscar. Thank you for inviting me. It was such a pleasure to have you on your show first and now you have me on your show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. You're right. right? Yeah. So that is that is true. But uh well, I and, and you know, I, I obviously I, I was just in awe in your performance for many areas. I mean, one, I mean, you know, we can see here on the screen the the image that uh, of you. Uh I mean you dead on look like Freddie Mercury. And I can tell the you have perfected his skill set, his singing abilities in his stage presence, performance and all that, because I, I, I have seen you in, in performing and you do a phenomenal job. But before we get into it, can you just take us back a little bit in terms of like, tell us about your, your professional career journey and then um, tell us about how you got into uh, paying tribute to Freddie Mercury. For sure. Um, so the funny
2: thing is that my training, it's a very academic training. I um, I began working uh, at a university, after doing my master's gr- uh, degree in communications, and I began teaching uh, here in Guadalajara. And it was mostly subjects related to um, to research, whether ethnographic, um, ethnographic research techniques, sociocultural analysis, everything related to culture, but from a very academic, very, you know theoretical, Perspective, even when um, all of those techniques are very practical, right? Like, so for example, ethnography is observing, and then um, making making from your observations, you can also participate in the cultures that you're studying, and then you report on your experiences, focusing focusing more on their side, right? So anyway, I was doing that. I was going. Um, that was kind of like my 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 life goal: become becoming a, a, an academic person. I got into the PhD with the same uh, research project that I began in the master's degree. But I always have seen, um, I would say professionally, and that's a good, I think that's a good discussion that we can have. Like, what is the meaning of, of professional, right? Uh, because I never took any singing lessons, only until very recently. But that came very naturally to me. My father is a musician. Interesting. yeah. Um, my father plays piano, guitar, a uh, little bit of bass, guitar too. So I was in contact with music since early early days, right? And sure. then I started singing in a, a, at a bar 20 years ago, and then next week the same, next week the same, and I just kept like doing that as, a, as my side job, right? Like often sure. I would make more money by singing music than teaching, or at least I, I would make the same, <laughs> same amount of money, right? And yeah. suddenly suddenly my side job is becoming my full time job and like the, the the place or the side in which I I don't know I realize I I create and I, I can be or I can be creative and it's becoming my, my life kind of sure thing. my sure. Of life. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know what it, it, it's it's I find it really um Amusing here that you mentioned that you were singing at bars because, when, I mean, as a kid growing up, my dad and my parents listened to you know uh, la música de la época del oro, you know, the golden age uh, in Mexico with Pedro Infante, from Pedro Infante, Jorge Enrique, yeah, yes, you know, Lola Beltrán, etc., and so and so forth. And as I got older, and I've kind of gone back and read or or seen some of the stories of some of these, you know, iconic um Mexican singers. Many of them started the way you did. You know, they were just singing sure. Las Cantinas, right? And uh, you know, and see who paid attention to them and, and so forth. So it's, it's that's why I'm like, oh my gosh, here's I think Roy is on the right path, you know?
2: <laughs> it's it's funny. Um it's I'm really passionate about music. Um I feel like I you know I can feel music in a very different way. For example, when when people like uh, ask me about my singing technique, and I'm like, I don't have a very developed singing technique in terms of what can I explain? How do I do it? Like, if you ask me to teach you how to sing, I would say, like, oh, I don't know if I can do it, because it, for me, it's all about sensations. You know, like where yeah. do I place uh, the pitch or uh, a certain, um, let's say, attack? You know, if you if you are more like rough and you are like. Ugh! Uh, so yes. it's everything is like the air coming through my uh, my throat and, and lungs and is that's how I feel uh, that's how I sing right like feeling my body and, yes. and connecting with whether the music the emotion uh the context the story whatever uh, yes. but my my singing technique now I feel like is good uh, and and some people like some some professor have told me, you have a very good technique. And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I just feel this. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, you, 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 the way you're describing it, you remind me. So I come from a family, I'm, on my mom's side of the family, from musicians. From both my parents uh, were from Zacatecas. And in, in, mm. in the Zacatecas region, um, I don't know if you know this, but el, el tambora, El Tamborazo is very... Um, um, you know, from there. In fact, actually, my uncle, my, my mom's brother, uh, back a long time ago formed a, a tamborazo jerezano and uh, his tamborazo actually was in one of um, uh, Antonio Aguilar's movies, okay, uh, performing. And so so we have this history of musicians in the family and one of my other uncles, he is very Musically talented Playing instruments But he doesn't know How to read music mm-hmm. He just listens to it And picks it up And And so the way You're describing Your style It's kind of Taking it back to You know The way my uncle Describes So like I get you my friend I get you That it's just Viene de tu de, de, de tu Esencia Tu corazón Tu espíritu It's like It's all In you And somehow You are able To just Naturally bring all that energy, all that vibration, right? And, uh, and, and do an amazing job of it. Exactly. Wow. And the funny thing for me is, um,
2: you know, I, I mentioned when we talked uh, informally the, the other day that I, when I was doing my PhD, I went through a writer's block. Yes. But like a very uh, hard one to to go through, right? Like I stopped writing because I couldn't make sense I had all the research now, um, I had the interviews, I had the experience going to places with circus communities and um, yes. in, in, in a lot of uh, observations and notes, and I read a lot of books and I just couldn't put it all together. And I, I would sit in the computer and I would write nothing, right? So that kept me back for many years, actually. Uh, I think like since 2016, I began experiencing like this writer's blockage. And I couldn't move, move forward with my PhD. And then at the same time, I began singing more and more and more in the Freddie Mercury project, um, just I was invited to it. And I became like more good at doing it and nailing more kind of like Freddie, Freddie Mercury's personality and then the voice and then the songs and then the movement. And then I create my, created my own show um, with videos and dancers and actors. So it has been very fulfilling but for me, it's always so funny to say like, I have all this training to become an academic person. And yeah. I, at one point of my career, I got stuck. I couldn't move, move forward, I'm still trying. And yes. then I have this natural um, way of relating to music yes. that I, can, I feel like very easy and I can flow with it and I can smoothly yeah. you know, create things um, sure. that are becoming, let's say, successful uh not only not only in the in the how people are accepting the the things that i'm singing and creating but also how it makes me feel like very uh grateful about having this opportunity
1: on stage and roy you're you're touching on something that about transitioning careers and finding our passion that i think many people struggle with um and and, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that because obviously part of this show with Career Talk with, with OG is to talk about one's career journeys and et cetera and so forth, right, and how to overcome maybe some of the challenges. But let me ask you this. When you experience this writer block that you described, you know, you're here you are, you're on this path <coughs> to getting a PhD, which, by the way, I don't care what color you are, you know, you there aren't very many people that get PhDs, let alone minorities, let alone mexicanos, okay? So you're like you're like, you know, you're a, a you know, just a small 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 percentage that's moving and probably a lot of people want to be in your shoes, right? Of getting mm. that PhD and so forth. When you hit that writer's block, was there ever a moment where you experienced like Maybe you were letting either yourself down, your family, mentors. Did you ever experience that? Oh my God! Every day for the past.
2: Let's say that once uh, the music, my music projects began to to actually be, um, like I said, su- successful in, in the way that I can see a future with it. You know, I can take that project to places. I can create in that environment and relate. Myself to people that are positive and productive and great friends. You know, once I had that environment in in music, I calmed myself down. But before that, for three years, I was not able to do anything because I had exactly what you said. You know, I had like this this feeling that I'm disappointing everybody, myself. That I'm like exactly like you said. Like I'm representing a small percentage of people that have. A great opportunity to go through like a great university in an amazing program and not succeeding, you know, that right. was a killer to me. Um, and just I made I made a small progress last year in terms of the dissertation writing, right? Like, and uh, it took me a lot of kind of like emotional um, detachment to go through it and say like. Yeah let's do whatever you can do and see what happens, right? But now I feel like now I'm working on just letting go that uh, expectations about something and going back to the very first thing that brought me to the academic life, you know? I was like so passionate about writing about, um, writing and reading about theory. I love reading, like um, writing creatively, I love uh, being in classes and teaching, and I lost all of that because of this writer blockage. Sure. So my, my, my um, long answer is yes. The, dis- the s- disappointment that you put yourself on is so huge that actually, uh, for me, my experience is that it freezes you. Like yeah. you are completely stopped of making progress because you have all these feelings about uh, the expectations that you are not meeting
1: sure 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 oh geez uh, what advice roy would you have for someone that finds themselves in a similar situation as yours where you know it, and you know now have you having gone through that and obviously you know you're moving forward and you know you're doing other things and you know you still have the phd dissertation that you're working on but what advice would you have for someone that might find themselves in, in a similar situation as you Yeah. um
2: it's super complicated it, it, for me it, it has been complicated to work and and mm, it, going through like this blockage and then c- kind of like going out of it like that that's complicated because there's a lot of personal things that I feel like you have to work on sure. um, to to be in the place in, in which I can write systematically and that's kind of like the goal right like you have for um. Research project at a PhD level, you have to be systematic. So you have to sure. uh, be disciplined and and coherent. And so it's not even about like having the greatest idea or having the the greatest discovery, but making sure that you can report on the process of how you got to the conclusions that you are getting. Right. So, sure. for example, uh, my my artistic drive. Is kind of like thinking freely about the circus, or like <laughs> listening to my ethnographic interviews and just like having ten thousand ideas of each interview that I can pursue as a as a theoretical or analytical sure. uh, subject, right? Sure. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> Don't. Do- <laughs> I feel like my, my biggest advice: understand what your what um, an a specific project is asking. Uh, from you, what what is the specific things that they are asking for, and then finding the best, clearest path that you can make, and being very careful of uh, uh, walking through that path, so you yes. can report on that and not uh, going ahead uh, to the conclusions. For example, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, for, I feel like I was answering my own questions before asking the right questions.
1: You know what I mean? uh, yes 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 yeah I gotcha. Now thank you. Thank you uh, Roy for sharing for sharing those those tips here and um, I want to move on next then to where you, to where your passion is right now you know with paying Freddie Mercury uh, tribute <clears throat> and uh, but before we do that we have a short little video that we want to show so um, let me see if we can get that queued up here.
2: Yeah. love it <laughs> dude the, the day that I shaved my beard for the first time because I've never wore a mustache before doing this like yeah. never I never ever before and the first time that I did that and then I cuffed my 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 hair you know um, yeah uh, and not even like the, the jacket anything I was like holy moly like I look exactly <laughs> like the guy um <laughs> <laughs> and then little by little, it came very naturally. I know that, um, you know, like Freddie Mercury in every sense is very hard to um, embody, let's say, like yeah. not, not just imitate, but embody, because I feel like it's yeah. different and that's something that I've learned by doing it. One sure. is like, I can imitate Freddie Mercury and do, you know, just the movements, Yes. And another thing is when I feel like Freddie Mercury on the stage, and then I just have to let myself go because yes, I'm already yes. in the in the mindset. Uh, because I know that I'm I've tried this song many, many times, and I tried these movements this many times on this stage with this, you know, I'm I'm trusting in everyone and everything that we have sure. already um rehearsed. And, yeah. Exactly. So I can just let, let myself go. And I feel like sometimes now, and people I feel like, like can notice that I'm not, maybe I'm not exactly like Freddie Mercury um, doing the things that he did, but I'm very good, I'm um, bringing him alive. Like, sure. uh, kind of like even the attitude that I got on the stage, it's, it's, an, it's a switch. I go on the yes. stage and there's a, the Freddie Mercury switch, and then I can talk like him, even you know, interacting with the audience and just like you know, pranking on some people and making them sing <laughs> and just like, darling, oh, you know, like sure. talking like him, yeah. even if he was not exactly like that, I, you know, you know. Sure, sure. Like sure. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. No,
1: no, no, Well, and 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 Roy, we have another uh, video here queued up uh, where we, you know, people can see exactly what you're talking about. Ah, the other one.
2: Uh,
1: oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Sorry, Kellycat. Sorry, sorry. There we go.
2: Oh, it got it got it got frozen a little bit. Yeah, it got frozen a little bit at the end.
1: But uh, no, but um, see. Here, obviously there, you're performing with Lady Gaga and Freddie Mercury. Who would have known, right? Fred, Lady Gaga and Freddie Mercury here on, on stage here in Puerto Vallarta. But um, as I'm listening to you describe yourself and how you embody that, it's taking me back to your show. And I can totally mm-hmm. see what now. Now it's like when you go watch a movie for the second time and mm-hmm. like you start picking different, you know, pieces, bringing it together. The storyline kind of makes more sense. It's like Star Wars. There's all these messages, right? And, you know, you have to wow. see it a few times for it to kind of like, ah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's, you know, as I'm watching these these videos here, it's taking me back. But tell us, so tell, Roy, tell, I mean, what, what's, this, what's the backstory with you auditioning and eventually, you know, doing Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Um,
2: eh, when I, I came back to Mexico, um, my fellowship and my scholarship ended. Uh, by Northwestern, yes. and I just came, not by chance, you know, because my family and my partner is here in, in, in Mexico, but I came just, like, not knowing what to do with my life. Um, I had to came uh, come back, I had to come back from from the U.S., not having a job, not fini- not having finished the PhD, uh, not having a house, not having a car, um, just, like, having... Nothing but just my friends, family, and my partner, right? Like, and I was like, what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna go to my family's basement and write this dissertation so I can find a job <laughs> and support myself, right? Yes. And then um, soon later, I received a call from a friend and they were like, oh, are you here in Guadalajara? Because I, I, I was gone for seven years living in Chicago. Yes. And they were like, we are doing this show, it's a big show. Um, You have to be on stage as Freddie Mercury, but it's not just you singing, it's um, personified as Freddie with all the costumes. And, and, you know, like everyone in the band, all the Queen band, we have a guitar man, a guitar player, we have a bass player, and all of them are gonna be personified. And this is gonna be for like a big event, 2,000 people in the biggest theater in Guadalajara. And that's just the beginning because we're gonna tour uh, the world, right? Uh, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm, I think I'm in. <laughs> I think I'm, i I would like to be on that project. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to sing as pretty uh, because uh, his register is so high and like so wide, and yes. also um, everything. You know, like he's he is over the top. He was, and more that I know about him, uh, and more that I try things about him on stage." I respect him so much. And then I I just love Freddie Mercury deeply, you know, like I have a, spe- of course I have a special connection uh, sure. with, I was trying to explain to, to a person the other day, like I have a connection with his presence and with his absence, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I moved through missing him in a kind of like a, a let's say poetic, weird way and also sure. like having this amazing chance of um, bringing him alive in a very humble and a small way, right? Sure. Paying, really paying tribute to what he did in life. Um, sure. So anyway, but the, at the beginning, when, when I was invited to this project, I had not, not, none of that was in my mind. I was just like, I have to be as good as Freddie, and that's that's very hard. Um, so we began doing this project, two months later, we were presenting in this big, big venue, and then in this big, big theater uh, for maybe 3,000 people and 2,000 people each. Wow. Um, yeah, so from the beginning, it was like a big project. Then we, um, we kind of moved into our own way, uh, the band. We got separated from this uh, production house And then we started doing it by ourselves. And then we found a smaller gigs and especially the Puerto Vallarta gig that really gave us the space to to kind of like rehearse with public every day for several months. That's Mm -hmm. when we became good at it. And that's when I became like good because I've been doing this every week and twice per, per week, sometimes four times per week at some months and um, so I just did it and did it and did it and did it with an audience and that's how I feel like I now I'm I'm pretty confident of saying like yes I'm doing the best I can because I every night try a little something new like I discover something whether in the voice and the movement uh in the pace of the show uh interacting with the with the audience and I find a little something that adds up to the show right
1: Sure, so that's sure.
2: how I, I I got into it. And then finally I got to do my own Freddie Mercury show, not, not with the band, but my own thing. And that's when I feel like I hit goal in terms of my space of expressing myself as an artist. Um, sure. And that's when it becomes it, it turns interesting because it's not only Freddie on a stage, but it's something that we, like we, are uh, including some passages that never were in any queen performance, right? Like so, for example, an actor do uh, performing our piece uh, uh, that we do in under pressure, um, yeah. and it's more poetic. Is you know, like we we are bringing ourselves uh, to the piece, and that's when it's, yes. it's super interesting and uh, for me when. We are kind of like creating the Freddy's world, and then we kind of like intervene uh, with our own ideas uh, yeah. in the in, in the in this in the same show. I,
1: I I think that's phenomenal, though. I think it, I think that's what I mean. Obviously, we're going there; the audience goes there, and they know that it's not Freddie Mercury. But you you as, from an audience perspective, you I mean, I never had the opportunity to see. Queen perform or anything, you know, live or anything like that, right? I mean, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't until my adulthood that I became more familiar with rock and Queen music and so forth, because what I shared with you growing up, it was, you know, Pedro Infante, Antonio Aguilar, et cetera, okay? Um, But but to me, as the audience, seeing you perform, you do make me feel like he is there present, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, because... <clears throat> I mean, I've seen his videos. I've seen him perform you know, on YouTube because, and it's just kind of like it is so dead on. Um, there's something though very beautiful that that you said earlier, and that is uh, with the way you were describing your relationship with Freddie Mercury. In that, you know, you said it's like I feel him, you know, the present, but then I feel like sort of the the past, and I, th- I mean, I I think. I lost my parents, you know, six years ago and, you know, other Mm -hmm. relative members. But when you lose someone, you know, that means that much. I think it's, I think actually the ability to be able to feel that person's presence. Okay. And, and, and remember their past. I mean, that's the best way to honor that person. Yeah. You're feeling it. You're feeling it.
2: And that's, that's why I feel like the, that I got the, the, how how can I say this? I got the best seat in the in the theater because yes. because I feel like um, I hope that I can channel of that respect and emotions that I'm developing for for Freddie, right? Like I have yes. a lot of respect for him as a singer and as a musician. I loved Queen when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but now it's different. Yeah. Now it's kind of like he's giving me a lot of tools to connect. Um to be present in the moment, for example, when I'm doing the show, um, and to feel him in a way that is very unique. Um, and I was talking to this with my friends uh helping me and supporting me uh in doing this show. I was like, we how lucky, how lucky we are to feel how to feel the things that we are feeling by doing this job and this kind of work that we are doing, right? That's why I'm sure. saying that I got the best seat because. Um, if you can experience that as an audience, I love that. But I sure. also love the way that it makes me feel when I'm doing it. And, and if yeah. I can channel a little bit of that, um, maybe by fooling myself in the moment, thinking that I'm Freddy,
1: it's great. Yeah. yeah, No, yeah. no, no, no. I, I get you, I get you. And uh, I, 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 Kelly, can you show the, the last video clip that we have? Because this is you with the rest of the uh, Lady Gaga and Prince folks. Check, yeah. check this out. Uh, see, folks, this is what I mean. I mean, I, I see, I I see you and and Lady Gaga and press performing, but obviously we're talking about you, okay, right here, Roy. But just that whole, the way you are just playing, taking his persona, right, his his essence, and and it's like, I, I mean, listen, my friend, okay, if I would have been. You know, like asleep for the last thirty years, and all of a sudden I would have woken up as I mean, like, oh crap! I'm at a concert with Queen. Freddie Mercury here, <laughs> and I mean, they, and 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 to your point, what you said earlier about how you add your own, um, you know, nuances and kind of things, you know, because you do have to play up to the audience. I mean, you know, when you got up there, I, I I saw you get up on top of the speaker, and you're like, come on, everyone! I mean, that's you. You know that's Roy Gomez yeah. coming in here, and and it, my friend, it's almost like you're playing like three roles at once: Roy Gomez, Freddie Mercury, obviously, but then a combination of the two. And yeah. and it's like it's like you, at, at certain times you bring in the different players uh, or different characters. Excuse me. You know that is that is take some talent, my friend. Roy, I mean, mm, you're really you. talented.
2: I, I appreciate uh, your words. Um, so yeah, that show, that was kind of like the beginning of it. Um, when I finished performing with, with the band, with the queen tribute, with, with the whole band, um, the people at the theater, which I'm so grateful about this space, guys, if you are in Puerto Vallarta, please go to the Palm Cabaret, such a really, um, supportive space for us, for artists to create, to have, uh, to have that, uh, such a, such a really, uh, nice people. So they they were like, come just like we can do because Prince has its own tribute uh, at the Palm Cabaret. Lady Gaga was um, opening; it was like close to his her opening night. And then I had the, the performance with the band. They said like, just come and do a show with the three of you, and that's the show that you saw. Yes. And then I have, and then I created the Freddie Mercury show. Uh, which you you haven't seen it. I hope that you can see it in the in the following weeks, which is. Everything from beginning to end is is Freddie. It's about Freddie, right? Um, we learn a lot in this process, uh, and so for example, Lady Gaga, who is Maru Prado Conti, she she is an Argentinian artist, singer, choreographer. She's so amazing, and 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 uh, she's be- she has become a very close friend. She has this vision about musical theater, which I have not. You know, I come from the rock scene, uh, yes. always like singing at bars, singing with bands, loud music, loud guitar. And she was the first one that said like, yeah, but you are showing just, um, just a one face of Freddie, you know, like you, if you are the showman, which, Freddie, which people loves, and that's what people recognize about Freddie, you know, like this, this um, super confident guy that can like use his finger to move like, 5,000 people, uh, which which is like (laughs) moving moving the hand, right? Um, Yes, yes. That's one Freddie, but that's not the whole story, right? He has his sexuality, that's one issue. He had um, all the, you know, like the ups and downs with the success uh, related to, anyway, like all these things that he as a person went through, let's explore that. You know, like she was the first one to say like, Let's go into that and find places in which you can um, offer more of Freddie, not just the showman. And, yes. and for me that opened a new world. Uh, I'm so grateful uh, of having her like in, in the process of creating my own show because for me was well, like, okay, yes. And it's exactly how you describe it. Now I can be myself even when I'm Freddie on a stage Uh, at little moments because I, I just let myself go, you know, like I'm just um, uh, playing with, with the Freddy's character, but showing much more and a more rich, uh, let's say portray of uh, such a huge personality. So we have a a very intimate moment with Love of My Life, one of the iconic songs of Queen, when I'm just sitting on a chair uh, on a, on a pajamas Wearing a pajamas that Freddie, Freddie used uh, in a video, and a dancer is is dancing a, a very uh, contemporary kind of choreography, improvisational too, and just like feeling the emptiness of a love that can never be fulfilled, you know. Because Freddie, well, <laughs> we we can we can go deep into that, but anyway, that's a very intimate moment that we that. I could have access to that and to offer that in the show and also like feel it just by letting myself uh, be open to new ways of portraying Freddie I don't know if I'm making
1: sense No. Um, no it, yeah no 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 it, 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 it does you are making sense and um, see <clears throat> I think this is part of as I'm listening to you here Roy I think this is part of why I also connected with you because See, like in my case, I do career development and leadership training. And I started off doing LinkedIn training, teaching professionals how to use LinkedIn, hence why we're not doing a LinkedIn live. But what I came to realize is LinkedIn is a tool. And, and there's more to the tool. A tool by itself can't doesn't do anything. You have to feel mm. good about yourself. You have to, you know, there's so many other facets, right? About you as a person to use that tool. Uh, it's no different than having a, a a set of tools. You know, like construction workers. I mean, I'm not yeah. a handy person. I mean, you give me a hammer and like I'm probably going to like bang my finger, okay? But you <laughs> give that same hammer to a construction worker and he or she is going to build a building or something. I and, see what. You're but what you are doing and what I've learned to do in my own trade is look at the whole really like a holistic way of bringing in your case, your, your, this persona, of Freddie Mercury, you as well, and just everything just holistically to really give your audience a real, real special uh, treatment uh, instead of just treating it like a performance. Cause if you're just I a do. performer, you can bring yeah. anyone else to come and do a perform. And like you said, they can imitate Freddie Mercury, but yeah. my, my friend, I mean, Freddie Mercury is living in you and you're bringing into life to us. It, it's super, super
2: interesting. I, I could not agree more with you. Um, and I was just, so a few thoughts uh, that I am that, that I wanna share. So for example, I was asking myself just um, today when I was talking to you, um, you know, like in, in, in the sort of therapy that I'm doing and why, I can be so methodical and so like thoughtful and careful about, about this show that I'm doing. So for example, new custom. Okay, what do, okay, I need to take this fabric to the custom maker and I need to like, that's on Monday. And then I have to go through this and put the lights in this way. Like I need to cut the music. So everything is so methodical, right? Like I follow yes. with step one, two, three, and then on Friday on the show, I can see it. I can see it happening. It's right there. All the effort that I put, like, is right there, and I'm confident and I'm happy. Why I cannot do that on my dissertation writing? And I was just <laughs> asking that question to to the person that that you know, like, to my. He's not a therapist. He's more like a coach. Uh, and I, I I I'm I'm having a great experience with with. I did psychotherapy for many years. this is more like a practical approach kind of like a friend that we talk and come to realizations right and i was like why why tell me why i cannot do the same with the dissertation i understand it's a larger project it's a it's a different way of approaching is is academic writing so it's clear is um it's a different pace anyway so my my, i feel like my brain and my heart is wired in such a way that i thrive in this creative environment and it's hard for me to thrive with those other tools i've just like you described right like it's my hammer (laughs) my my dissertation has been my hammer i don't know how to use it to thrive in that particular set of tools right still i'm trying to go through the dissertation finishing uh, not anymore because I won the degree, which was kind of like the, the main thing that kept me trained and trained over these past years. But I'm like now no, it's not about the degree anymore. It's about how can I face the big, one of the biggest challenges that I encounter in my life and give it a nice, solid try. you know that's the only the only reason that I' I keep trying to finish that dissertation, and, and I'm gonna be trying the next six months. Because, because I'm like, what happened if you have a problem and you are approaching it in, in many multiple way, ways and not succeeding at uh, solving that problem, you know? Sure, um,
0: sure.
2: I feel like there's a lot of learning in just like keep trying until whether I don't have the desire to try it anymore, I don't have the time or the resources, right? Sure. Um, But every time that I try a little bit, I I get disappointed, but I learn a little bit of how to do it better the next time that I try. Sure, Uh, makes sense. And I feel like that's the only reason that I want to do it now uh, because I make peace with the fact that I'm going to be an artist or at least pursuing an artistic career for the next at least five, ten years of my life.
1: Sure, sure. Well, Roy, we're going to wrap it up here, but I want to tell you something is, you know, the title of today's talk was, you know, um, part of the title was finding, you know, your your passion, your happiness in unexpected places. And mm-hmm. <coughs> we started off by you sharing this roadblock that you ran into with your completing your 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 dissertation. And I'm a visual person. So what I visualize is you're on this road, right? That you know, with that you're "Quote unquote," supposed to be on, and you know you're getting accolades, and you're you're proud of yourself, and all of a sudden there's this giant boulder around the corner, yeah, that is blocking you from moving forward. Yes, and and unlike some people who might have thrown in the towel or you know uh, and said, "Well, you know what, forget it." From my perspective, I saw you back up. Okay, back up and look at at finding a different path and while you were searching for that different path you came across your passion because look at this video here look at you my friend <laughs> and see I my, like this, one. this is what i mean my friend this is what i mean is, is that you have found your happiness because there was a giant boulder on this path that maybe it was okay for you not to even be on or mm-hmm. at least you experienced it and listen i hope you do succeed and finish you know what you need to finish but in my humble opinion i think you found your happiness my friend mm. Um it's it's funny. I'm so
2: much happier now and in every sense of the of the word, you know, like I, um, I feel like it's very hard to feel out of place um, and left behind and not having a community in which you can share your thoughts, your work in in which you can work and and somebody can uh, um, collaborate with you, um, talk about your the things that you're doing. And little by little I, you know, like I was not having that in the academic path. I yeah. stopped having it. I stopped like talking to people. I stopped talking to my mentors and advisors because I couldn't produce what, what the, the piece that you know like the key to to uh, remain on this path, right? Yes. And and I feel like it's not a little it's not that I turn around the problem. But is that like you said like unexpectedly i found something that at least right now i see a lot of future uh i see myself in it like being uh passionate about it and it would be a good compliment to you know to still have a foot on the academic track because it's a very valuable um world that actually um is very linked to what i'm doing in terms of performing Sure. But now um, I just let myself go about like all the um, expectations and burdens that I uh, that I put on <laughs> me. If I do not finish, it's okay. If yes. I end up finishing this with a with a with the dissertation that I can make it with the tools that I have and the time that I got, have, it's also okay. I'm I'm fine with it. Yes. But I know that my life. My professional life doesn't end that. And sometimes you feel when you have this blockage that your professional life is
1: ending right of now. Of course. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, Roy, thank you so much for joining me today on Career Talk with OG. I mean, we have some folks here, some comments, you know, from um, uh, my friend Denise. She's like, this is so cool. Um, you know, and uh, Lucy, thank you so much for the. The, the beautiful compliments here uh, as well. And Chantel, um, we had her comment earlier too. Thank you for sharing what is story. So uh, Roy, hey, you're doing it, my friend, okay? You are influencing people on stage and now on LinkedIn, all right? <laughs> and around the like world. Yeah, so Thank you so much, Oscar. Muchísimas gracias, uh, Roy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Career Talk with OG and... Uh, Roy Gomez playing a tribute to Freddie Mercury. Thank you so much, guys. Stay, stay safe. bye
0: Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com. Thank you.